Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? We got a bunch to get to. Okay. Because you know, there's a thing, there's like a podcast rule, and I guess it's probably a radio rule too, that the guests... (laughs) Don't talk until they're introduced. Oh, that's oh, we, been we, broken already. I so, never yeah. have ever adhered to that rule on my own show or others that I've been a guest on. And well, yet, either we, way, it, it, that rule came up this morning. It did. It yeah, did. Jimmy Pardo, he wouldn't talk until we introduced him. And then, but then he broke then it, though. He did, he did anyway. Yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do now. That usually makes me feel uncomfortable, and I feel like I have to rush to, uh, to get to the guest. But I'm going to ask you guys to be quiet for just a second. That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, because I want to... Do we need uh, to do t- another mic check? We did fucking four of them to get this goddamn boat out of the dock. You know what I mean? Great. We did four mic checks to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, useless. I want to use this quick uh, moment here at the beginning of the show to tell people to check out com. It has been... Uh, completely revamped. It actually looks like a, a, a website that was. I thought you were saying it looks like a battleship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks like a website that was created in the last ten years. At this point, now you know uh, it, it was it was a little uh, templatey before. It was, and hey, it's it's the best we could do for a while. But then we uh, ponied up some some money and actually yeah. paid someone to redesign and it. And I want to mention in good shape. Uh, it was um, Sean, my co-host from previously on my other podcast, who who redid it. Uh, his name is Sean Ingram. Uh, if you want him to do your website, said I guess email previously on show at gmail dot com or Indeed. find him on Twitter at joust. So uh, yeah, please check that out. There's gonna be new blogs, new content, uh, at least something pretty much every day. Uh, yeah. And then going forward, there'll be be more than that. So uh, thanks you guys for uh, letting me get get through. That, that was great. Sure, yeah, that was that was well. <laughs> we worth always it. respect the plugs. We're very we're very. <laughs> Respectful of plugs. On like you guys show. were joking at first. Like, oh, he's going to plug some. Oh, he's going to plug yeah, some yeah, shit. We were yeah, like, all yeah, right, yeah. let's, let's right, get some know, business taken care of. You know gotta, what I mean? Got to be quiet. You, you know, shut business. up during plug time. This is this is what pays the bills. <laughs> oh, so, is it? let's get to the guests. Indeed, you've heard their voices. No doubt, you recognized them immediately from our past <laughs> episodes. Really? From, you really recognized those immediately uh, from our past episodes and from their very successful uh, podcast of their own. Grammatically, that was a bad way to go. Um, really shitty sentence. Yeah, I mean, right. really bad. Se- you should have done a sentence check before we did those four mic checks. Should have done some syntax work. Mic checks Is there are a knob all- that works on grammar. <laughs> <laughs> mic checks are all well and good, but really, what goes into them is the yeah. big is the big deal. Let's focus on content, fellas. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen from the Comedy Film Nerds podcast and ComedyFilmNerds.com. It's Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for... Glad to be here. That Absolutely was nice. That was a good intro. Mm-hmm. Once you got rid of that marble mouth bullshit, <laughs> you really you really set a nice table. I think I... Did I say you know them from their own podcast of their own? Or <laughs> yeah, that was, that's what I said. That they do in their own time, in their own, in the year their of Their own Lord. podcast of podcasts their own. It's... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to say this. Redundant yet beautiful. Oh, gorgeous it was. <laughs> it's um, like the black swan. Yeah. Really? <laughs> is it real or is it in her brain? I don't know. Let's paint her face. Um, I, I, you said welcome aboard the battleship pretension, and I, it dawned on me, you guys should really go full <laughs> Tilt on the nautical reference. Yes, it should be like you know we're this this podcast about to set sail and we're gonna yeah. g- drop an anchor on Oscar week. This <laughs> next segment's calling swabbing the deck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you should have a, like horn sound effects and 
you ask me, Inception should walk the plank. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, my first mate on today's program, you know what I mean? I don't think they have planks on battleships now that I sure think Sure they it. do. On pirate battleships. Oh, oh I'm putting the kids who are all right in the galley. You know what I mean? Like, I really, I really, I think you should, whole show should be themed. Even so much so that you should wear outfits. Like <laughs> it's not a video podcast. Well, or just, just for your for the feel I, I get of it, it though. I would sure. I want like a method podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my! Welcome aboard. Outfits, but they come through. Yeah. yeah. You got if you well, wear a sailor outfit, it just it comes through. Oh, audially. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk <laughs> about this more. Let's talk about this more off air after the aft section of the podcast. Oh, yeah. see, that's see? what I'm talking Perfect. about. That's, that's branding, kids. Yes. That'll get come you guys up there. You guys jump your numbers up. You're a scurvy dog, David. Yeah. That's there. <laughs> See, See what I'm saying? See? Don't ever freaking stop it. You Don't got, ever you know, stop it's it. Synergy. You know, now you can get Pirates of the Caribbean tie-in. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a battle Cross ship, right? Over. Yes. <laughs> get a little of that jerked off Disney money in here. <laughs> that jerked <laughs> off Disney money. Oh, I'm gonna hand job me some Disney money, huh? Man, I am exhausted already. This yes, is, this, all right. this show's arduous. Okay, so <laughs> Man, I you'd never know that you guys were talking to Jimmy Pardo earlier this afternoon because <laughs> you're in a ball-busting mood. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, I guess. Yeah. I think I'll go eat a bullet. Yeah. So, like I said before, Graham and Chris have been on the show before. You know them. You know them well. You know all their credits. And we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the plugs at the end. But the reason they're here is the same reason they were here a year ago, mm-hmm. last time they were on the show, to uh, to, to, to give, a, give a once-over on the... Uh, on the Oscar nominations. Indeed. Sure. Let's do it. Um, All right. We fig- it, it, last year they started. Let's go full sail <laughs> into the uh, Oscar ballot. <laughs> la- la- last year um, was the first year that they had 10 Best Picture nominations. So we figured we're g- they doubled the nominations. We're going to have to double the number of people on the podcast. Oh, indeed. <laughs> you know, the crew of the podcast. Ahoy, matey. It's interesting how many people I've talked to. Um, that uh, they're like, oh, they still doing the ten nominations? Like a lot of people <laughs> just thought it was like a once-off, just as a lark, and then they uh, bailed on it. Yeah, and they're just like, man, eh, we're not doing that again. And it's like, no, I guess they're sticking with it. No, oh, all right. It's it's interesting how nope, many the people think just that. love it. No, I honestly, I think it is a smart move on their play because mm. because because it 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 opens up. Everyone's discussing, oh, would this have made it if it wasn't a ten? Which is what they want, mm-hmm. which is good for business. Mm-hmm. And it and it does, in my opinion, give credit to movies. That normally wouldn't that wouldn't have even been considered, and in some cases it's a mistake. Like the kids are all right, but uh, it. it uh, <laughs> I know. can tell which side you're. Uh, see, Tyler and I are on opposing sides of the kid. The kids are all right, mm-hmm. uh, and it sounds like you're just about amidships. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are all right. Yes, I, I will. I, I'm not bow or aft on the, on this debate. Yeah. Graham and I came down on the same place, right at the um, probably the mast. Yeah, we were right at the yeah. mast, exactly. Um, uh, Portistern. Yeah. So we, I'm, I'm really running we, uh, out of nautical yeah, terms. Yeah. yeah, we crows nested it. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. Like there are movies like. Um, Winter's Bone, which is a wonderful movie, but because it's you know it's low budget, not a lot of people saw it. It's just not on the radar unless you get ten. It's and a great it, example, right. and then it shows up, and now people are m- more aware of it. And 
and that's it's going to be seen more. Right. It's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful. It's an amazing movie. The acting in is is amazing. You know, we've been talking about this movie for a while. Uh, yeah. And and the lead actress is great. It's a bunch of no names and character actors and local actors from Mississippi or whatever the hell. Missouri. Missouri. I went to high school with a couple of them. Yeah, they're amazing. And I, meth dealers. And meth, they're <laughs> actual meth dealers. They dealt me meth when yeah, I lived in Missouri. Exactly. That's where you got your crank. Um, and, and so that's 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 a, anytime somebody says, "Oh, ten is stupid," I always go, "Yeah, but." America wouldn't know about Winner's Bone right now if it would, if not for ten because it wouldn't have made it in. There's no way it would have. We're talking about too when Winner when a movie like Winner's Bone uh, is listed as Best Picture, that's a win for that movie, no matter what happens after that because right. the recognition. Yeah, they know they're not going to win the award. Right, and, and just the publicity alone of being in that ten is enough to propel the movie into I'm sure the black because it's a lower budget movie. Because what what is going on? I mean, obviously, and 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 the the studios all know this. Like this past weekend, we were talking about on our show. Uh, you had Sanctum and you had the roommate. The roommate cleaned up with thirteen million. Yeah, and yeah. Sanctum it was, the, it was, was the big winner. That was the big winner with thirteen million, and Sanctum got like nine. And all these other movies that have gone wide, these Oscar movies, they're they're making real money. They're start, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and some of them are, are you know they're they're studio films or whatever, but they're all good movies. And like again, Winner's Bone is going to make some money as well. It should because people should go see it. A friend of mine. Uh, posted photos on facebook of winter's bone like finally i think in the last three weeks opening in springfield missouri which is right around that area and it probably would not have if it weren't for it wouldn't open in the in the area that it's from you know what i mean it's literally i i looked up the filming locations on imdb and then google mapped relation to springfield because i both used to live in springfield missouri it's literally it's a it's a county over. It's yeah. It's it's, it's a thirty five minute drive at most. And you get a nomination. The distributor throws some money at the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's. And I also wonder if uh, I mean to, to same keep thing going with Animal with... Kingdom a little bit. Animal Kingdom is oh, yeah. not included in the Best Picture, but Jackie Weaver's uh, nomination is helping that movie because that movie was really hard to find. I mean, Winner's Bone had a limited release. Animal Kingdom had like. New York and L.A., I think. Still easier to find yeah. than The Illusionist. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Well, I mean, well, oh, uh, just that, like, and and what's more is I think, and I'm not sure about this, I think that if the if there were only five Best Picture nom- uh, nominations, it wouldn't have been nominated, and I don't think there would have been the swell of support in the other categories as well. Maybe Actress, rightfully so, mm-hmm. but if there wasn't such a, if there wasn't so much campaigning for Picture, I don't think... No, the other nomination. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, think John Hawks would have been up for it. Maybe screenplay, but like, uh, but I feel like when a f- smaller film like that feels like, well, there's ten now. Conceivably, we could get at least a nomination, and they're campaigning in a lot of other in a lot of other categories. And before you know it, it's a f- relatively it's not high profile, but it's much higher than it was previously. And I think I mean I think that's a compelling argument to make. I think you could say because it got a Best Picture nomination because it's expanded to ten. They got more nominations than maybe they would have, and they mm. might actually win a category. I mean, they might, and they're in they're in some pretty strong categories: a best mm. actress and supporting actor and stuff like. Uh, yeah, it's and I actually I'll uh, I'll use that to transition us into best lead actress because I thought Jennifer Lawrence. I was so thrilled that she was nominated for Winter's Bone because, I mean, she carries that movie, and it's not a showy performance; it's just a solid. Uh, it's just a solid role, and she just Im- you can tell like all these emotions going on inside her, but she doesn't telegraph it. It's a subtle performance, 
and but it's riveting. Like I just I couldn't take my eyes off her. She's so interesting in that in that role. And like you know, if I it's one of those things is if I had my druthers and all that, uh, I she would win. She's not going to, but it'd be awesome if she did. And I'm I'm very happy for the nomination there. She's she's the best actress in that category. I mean, these are all solid actresses, all doing good performances. But I agree with you, like. Um, because she's so understated to me, to me, I mean, to me, this is, this is one of the things that makes good film acting is because film acting is all in the close up. Yep. Right. TV is from Mm -hmm. the waist up stage is the whole body and film is the, is the, just the neck up. That's it. Except in comedies, except in comedies. Then Then it's more broader shot because comedians act with their bodies being physical. Right. So, the emotions that she conveys of of this kid in this shitty situation in this shitty part of the country mm-hmm. um, that can't really reveal a lot of emotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she has to it, honestly like just this just popped in my mind. It's kind of like the wire in hmm. those, you know, those kids born in that shitty situation. Yeah. And they just that's that's the life they had and they had to deal with it. And she has to deal with this. And she has to put up with all these people in in probably in a, in a part of the in the of the country where culturally it's kind of close to the vest. I would imagine just just in general, people aren't are as expressive about certain emotions. I would I would say that's about. Yeah, that's about right. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, like so. So when that emotion comes across, it's like I'm just flashing on this, too. Like, if you remember, Shall We Dance, the Japanese movie, uh-huh. not the remake that they made, but whatever, <laughs> not that fucking atrocity. But. <laughs> I saw both. <laughs> the, the original, because in the Japanese culture, they so, I mean, do not reveal a lot of emotions. And when that man is going through that, you know, I'm trying to, I can't remember the answer, but specific moments of that movie, right. it was all in his face where you're just like, holy shit. And when, to me, uh, when someone is like, it's like I heard this from from my dad. It was an acting teacher who said, "He goes, if you pull a, uh, the pin on a grenade and throw it, it blows up. It's over. If you pull the pin on a grenade and hold it, then there's all this tension." He goes, "That's what solid acting is, and that's mm-hmm. what this girl like. You feel in those some of those scenes, she just wanted to scream or cry or explode, and she just can't or doesn't or doesn't even know how to access those emotions because her family situation's so fucked up, and she's got this goal like, I just gotta, I gotta help my." younger siblings and whatever. I got to find mm-hmm. my grandfather and it, I, it's just it's, amazing. It's a strong category. I don't think she's going to win. I don't think she's the best actress in that category. I think it's a pretty solid category. Uh, I would go with, um, I thought Annette Benning did a, a pretty good job, but I would go with Michelle Williams. Uh, although I think it might be Natalie Portman or Annette Benning's going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of support for, for Natalie Portman. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see black Swan. Um, and the, sure and you did. Did you see Flashdance? Was that? Did you see Flashdance? I've seen Flashdance. Did you see Jacob's Ladder? Yeah, I've seen Then Jacob's you Ladder. saw Black Swan. Okay. <laughs> Black Swan happens to be my favorite movie of the year. And, uh, oh, wow. And I, man, She's a that maniac, is... maniac. <laughs> I'm going to paint my face and pretend all the thing. faces are talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's, the fir- that's the first draft, right, of that song? Um, but that is a uh, Jacob's Ladder Flashdance mashup is what that was right there. In but she's not form. supporting herself by welding, right? Like in Flashdance. Oh, I wish she was. <laughs> it would she... be more compelling if she was a welding ballerina. Yeah. <laughs> and does she wear the sweatshirt hanging off of one shoulder? Yeah, she At takes her bra point, sure. off and uh, underneath the shirt, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and dances. 
Okay, well, I, I'm in. I mean, those, are, <laughs> those are the best parts of Flashdance. <laughs> I recognize that not everyone's going to like this movie. In fact, I predict that David will probably hate it. But uh, for some reason, I really liked it. I will predict that David will hate it. Good. It seems like the kind of movie he would I hate. I will bet money David will hate it. <laughs> Well, I won't bet against you because again, I think, I think he will. I think he will hate it. You guys, it. I would have to see it to hate it. I haven't. Yeah, step one. I haven't made any commitment yet. And that's the thing is, you will hate yourself for seeing it. Yeah. It's a film that I did not expect to like. Kind of didn't want. I didn't want to let myself like it, but it won me over because it's a very maybe in a maybe even in a ripoff kind of way. It's very. I thought it was very Polanski esque. Speaking uh, of lead actress in movies like that I don't want to yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Did, anyone, did you guys see Rabbit Hole? Yeah. Is it, is it good? It's, you know, and, you know, I think of the two, like, couples going through a tough time movie, for me... Of that and, genre. Of that genre. <laughs> I, Chris, Chris differs, and I differ a little bit on this. I think Rabbit Hole did a little slightly better job than Blue Valentine, for me personally, just because I Blue Valentine was a lot of... Uh, I, I, for me, after a while, I was just like, all right, you guys, it's not working out. Cut it out. Cut it loose. It's done. Where Rabbit Hole... They're dealing with the loss of a child, and it's just okay. sort of like, oh my god, how would any of us have to? I mean, what would? How would you deal with that? I have no clue. I have no. And and I thought they handled it. Uh, I thought they handled it well. What, okay. When, I one should know not. Well, I was going to say one of the things too is like, even though you know Graham and I have an opinion, sometimes the writers on our sites differ dramatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our writer Lord Correct hated Rapid Hole. Hated it. Hated yeah. It. He started his review with, "There's plenty of tears on screen, but the only tears that are going to be off the screen are if you killed a kid on your way to the multiplex, <laughs> or you're one of the investors." Well, it fe- I, I should know better than to judge me by his trailer, but the trailer makes it look like this is a movie that has been. Uh, on the shelf for seven years that they held uh, held back because the human stain didn't do well enough. It seems like <laughs> such a return <laughs> to stain. Nicole Kidman's like early two thousands middle brow streak. It that uh, it, I, it, it really it, the trailer really turned me off. I should know not to let it do that. I was talking about that with a friend of the show, Jay Sneak, and that like every time Nicole Kidman shows up in in something and gets like a nomination or or people are noticing, it's like, oh, Nicole Kidman's still working, and I guess <laughs> in good things. Yeah. Oh. She hasn't been relevant to me for years. Well, like, you I know what? We'll give, I'll give Nicole Kidman a lot of credit. She takes control of her career. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's not in every crappy you know romantic comedy or anything that comes in. She like really, she, yeah, she picks she picks her roles. <laughs> and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Nicole, yeah, <laughs> but I still Nicole think Kidman, Nicole she'll Kidman take can, a chance. But she can sometimes get the way that Catherine Heigl or Jennifer Aniston are comfortable in their easy romantic comedy roles. I feel like sometimes Nicole Kidman falls back on this kind of like. Uh, okay, I'll be in this sort of still and austere movie about suffering, and that's it. It, it seems like a, a place that she's returned. And I mean, I don't know if you could ever I, be I, I comfortable was, in that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think I think it's sort of in her wheelhouse to a certain extent because you know that's sort of the persona she gives off. I mean, I obviously mm-hmm. don't know her personally, but she's always put on this sort of glamorous movie star. She carries herself that way. That's the image she puts off. That's her business, and so. But still, kind of icy. But still, kind of icy, yeah. and so I. I mean, I that's really why. She, that's why she can though. carry. That's why she can play these women who are like, kind of icy and trying to pull it. Always trying to keep it together. Like she's always yeah. trying to pull it together, and, I, you know, I, I, if what you're saying is you'd like to see her. Distri- go away from that i'd like to see her cut loose and have fun like she did in moulin rouge which i think 
is a really good performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. for that kind of movie, I don't think it's. I don't think she's digging too deep as an actress, but I mean, she did, she had the right performance for that movie, and it was fun to watch. My favorite performance of hers is still The Others. I loved her in The Others, uh-huh. and that's the iciest movie yeah. uh, in the world. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's the the thing that I think intrigues me most about Rabbit Hole is what people say is kind of the the role reversal, where the husband is the one that's actually grieving and free with his emotions, whereas the wife is the one that's kind of cold and detached, and that seems interesting to me and i'm a big fan of aaron eckhart so i'm excited to see him oddly enough i'm excited more to see him than her even though she's the one with the nomination yeah and and they and they don't they 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 steer away from some cliches that they seem like they're going to obviously happen and then they don't which i thought which i liked in rabbit hole uh, the, this won't be a spoiler because i haven't seen the movie My, the impression is that some sort of maybe uh uh, inappropriate relationship between her and the kid who killed her kid starts up. Is that that's not no no okay. that's a, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like you think okay. that that could happen, and there's also another relationship Aaron Eckhart potentially can have, and and I, I don't want to spoil it, but it just it doesn't go down the roads you think it will, which I think it was good. It was just like well, it went down the road that killed that kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think like it's it sort of. Because it didn't go all the way down the road, it's like where I thought uh, the kids are all right. I, I, I just have a problem with the fact that he hooked up with with Julianne Moore in that movie. I just think it was like eh, I don't, I didn't buy it. And where Rabbit Hole, they entertain the idea, they talk about it, and you go, yeah, if a, peer, if a married couple's having a tough time for whatever reason, people would entertain that. People would flirt with someone at work and maybe mm-hmm. not follow through and and actually have an affair, but dance around it you know what i mean and and that's what i liked that's what i liked in rabbit hole well maybe we should uh move on to say lead actor does that oh, sound sure. good to people uh well i th- i think ahead. uh it's absolutely not going to be colin firth um i'm being sarcastic <laughs> there's no question he's going to win <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, i mean it's it's a it's a pretty obvious category. I think he's going to win too, and he deserves to. I'm actually, yeah. I'm fine with that. I yeah, thought he did a great job. I didn't see it, <laughs> but <laughs> it's good that you run a, a movie <laughs> podcast and you haven't seen <laughs> yeah. the majority of these films. I see movies here. I want to see. I don't want to see that. It's it's actually uh, a great movie. What do you want to see? What, what movies? The King's do you Speech see? is a great movie. From the lead actor category, I saw True Grit, Social Network, and 127 Hours. Okay, and I liked them all to one extent or another. And I think while 127 Hours is far from the strongest film in the category. James Franco's performance is uh, astounding. Right. Did you see? That's the one movie I couldn't see because I'm squeamish. Right. Because I heard the arm cutting well, thing, and something I just I just don't think I can handle. Yeah. It. Uh, this is what I said to Tyler after I, I saw it. As bad as you think the guy cutting his arms off arm off scene is going to be, it's worse. Oh, well, yeah. Because because I, I, I've heard some people try to dance around it, but then I've heard like I read one review that was like. There's no getting around. It's a guy cutting off his fucking arm. Like, yeah. there's no way to get around that. There's no way to like. Well, it's, it is, it's okay as far as a guy cutting off his arm. It's not. No, it's it's horrifying. He doesn't uh, go Hitchcock with it and shoot around it. And, no, uh, like, Danny Boyle steers into the skid on that one. Like wow. he really shows a guy cutting his arm off every step of the way. It's, well, it was it's, uh, de- it was deliberate. It was a complete. You know, there was a whole subtextual thing why he did it and all this all this stuff. So. It was it was completely intentional <laughs> to really make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a movie that I'm I'm going to see, but like they they just re release it in theaters, so I'm I'm definitely going to see it. But at the same time, like I know I need to get myself in an emotional place. It's like, all right, this is what I'm going to see. I'm going to see someone trapped, 
and I'm already claustrophobic, and I'm also afraid of getting my arm cut off, um, as I wow. think we all are. And so I don't. You have uh, nightmares for ten years after yeah, seeing that movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm. I can't see it. Like I. Re- I really wish I could because I like. And Graham James hates hiking. Yeah. Oh, so you put all those things together, <laughs> it's like crazy. It could never happen. And I don't like rocks. And he dirty. Hates, he hates bicycles. It's like the worst movie he could see. <laughs> I do have a, Yeah, I have a fear of James Franco. Would yeah. that be a problem? Yeah, yeah. Beige shorts. He can't stand. <laughs> James Dean lookalikes. They freak me out. They're like clowns. Um, Only more right. brooding. Uh, I I loved the Social Network. I don't know that Jesse Eisenberg is. I don't think this is. It doesn't matter. He's not going to win. I mean, I think he did a good job. I think everyone on this list did a good job. I think the only other true contender in my mind is is Javier Bardem because I think that movie is uh, it's it's you know he's a it's a European film. The pacing mm-hmm. is really been he's real brooding and it's right in his wheelhouse, man. It's 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 pretty solid. I, I think he do, he does a pretty amazing job. It just I don't know how much. I don't know how much press and traction this movie got. That's that's yeah. the thing. It's that's the uphill battle it has. I think I think whatever whatever press and publicity that the movie had resulted in the nomination. That's it. And and for foreign films certainly, but uh, but yeah. And then and then it's just like, oh yeah, good for you. You won a couple years ago for No Country. It's Colin Firth's turn. Yeah. And yeah. and again, like I don't mean to take anything away from him. He does amazing things with that role, and just the movie in general. It's it's like what you were saying about Rabbit Hole. It seems like it's going to be so much more obvious. It could have been like a like a Showtime or an HBO film, but it will be. Yeah, well, I, yeah. yeah, they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll Beautiful turn like starring uh, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, I don't know. It's just the what I like about the King's Speech is that it has a nice triumphant ending, but the triumphant the triumph is not obvious and it's not easy like the last speech he's still working his his way through every moment of it Mm -hmm. and it's still a huge chore every single word is a chore and it's very difficult for him to do and i like that it's not i like that it didn't go the obvious route of well he 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 musters something within himself and then he speaks perfectly it's not that it's that he he's willing to do the work and that in itself is the big thing he's willing to be who he's supposed to be which is the king and and yeah his performance is great and so you know unlike unlike some years where it's a foregone conclusion because it's the person's turn or whatever uh he earned it and so by all means give it to him yeah. i'm fine with it yeah well this will segue us from leading actor into supporting actress uh true grit and i know i'm the 10 billionth person to make this point but Haley Steinfeld's character is is the lead in True Grit. Yeah, we we made that point too. It's just an age thing, man. I think I agree. It's an age thing, but it's it's her story. She's the lead, and uh, Jeff Bridges really is supporting. But Mm -hmm. they figured, well, this would be the way to get the most votes, and this is where how yeah the Academy's like, well, that's true, but this is how we're going to do it. I mean, that's there's no like, hey, we should do this. No, this is this is how we're going to do it. I mean, th- these are all. It's not a democracy. But everyone all... votes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, these the the weakest link is Helena Bonham Carter. Not because she's not a great actress and doesn't do a good role. It's just, she, what does she do in that? She doesn't. I mean, she she plays. You know, she plays queen. Yeah. Okay. She's good at it. She's English. You know what I mean? Like that character just f- from this isn't. When you say she plays queen, you mean like we will rock you? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays queen, okay. and you know, she's probably just um, nominated because she's married to Tim Burton. Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, all the other—I mean, 
I think there's another there's other supporting actresses that could have that could have been given Helena Bonham Carter. Again, she's a great she's a really good actress and she does a fine job in the movie. It's she just, does. It's not like she did a bad job. No. She did a good job, but the other ones really stand out a little bit. It more. really, yeah. I mean, uh, both of the the women in the fighter. I mean, especially Melissa Leo and Jackie Weaver, Animal Kingdom. Man, she's amazing in that. She is. She's yeah. I watched the first half of it on DVD, and then I, I had to like go to bed, and I didn't get back to it for like two days. And in between those two days, the nominations came out, and I thought, yeah, she was, she was pretty good in the half I saw. I'm not sure if I'd see a nomination out of it. Then I watched the second half. I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, where she really <laughs> kicks in, and you see, oh, oh, she's evil. Oh, oh Lady, okay, right. Oh, yeah. Lady Macbeth showed up. Okay. Which yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, to me, the opposite of what happens with Melissa Leo, I think. Not any fault of Melissa Leo's, I think the fault of the script that Alice becomes uh, le- uh, ha- becomes a less dimensional character as the movie mm-hmm. goes on. I disagree, but that's me. I mean, <laughs> out, you know, out damn spot. Haley Steinfeld does a great job, but like we were saying, she should be she should be in leading actress. Not... So, who do you think is going to win supporting actress? It's probably going to go to Melissa Leo. Yeah, because Haley's too young, and Melissa's been banging around forever. She's she's done a thousand movies, and they're going to give it to her. I think it's going to be Melissa Leo too. Yeah, yeah. As as much as I did like Melissa Leo, and I think she probably will win, I think in supporting actress, that's often the category where there's like an upset. And I think it could be Haley Steinfeld because she's the lead of the film, and there is actually a there's precedent. Like Tatum O'Neill won for Paper Moon, um, Anna Paquin mm-hmm. won for The Piano, and so it could and that's, be... And that was the last time, because I think... I, I think it was a while ago, like, yeah. You know what? That's the last time we're giving these awards to these little kids. They've got their uh, whole careers ahead of them. We're a bunch of old people voting. We're going to you know, reward yeah. people that are a little well, more seasoned. I don't know. If the trend of amazing child actors named Haley continues, she doesn't have a whole <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a few years before she crashes in a 95 Saturn. Well done, David. There's a, uh, there's a thesis to be written in there <laughs> somewhere. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, um, okay, yeah. supporting actor then? Christian uh, this Bale. Is, this is a – yeah, you, you think? It's, yeah. yeah, it's a two-way race between Christian Bale and um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Rush, and I think Christian Bale is going to pull it off. I will say this. Uh, I, I, Jer- Jeremy Renner, I, I think he does a really good job. I'm just a huge fan of his because of what he did in Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. And then and then I really like the town. I just I loved what he did, and then reading that, that uh, Ben Affleck just told him, hey, hang out with these guys, a couple mm-hmm. of these guys from the neighborhood, and then he came back like three, four weeks later and had it down, had him down, like had that the whole thing down. So he's sort of my uh, he's sort of my like like Cinderella hope, you know. But but uh, it, Christian Bale's amazing, Jeffrey Rush is amazing. I real I honestly, if I had to choose between Rush and and Bale, I'd go Christian Bale, just because he lost the weight, and when you see what that the real life guy is, I think he really, because you think he's going, he's going too over the top. He's yeah. doing, he's being an English actor who was trying to out at, no, and then, oh, that's the way the real yeah, guy I think was. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the reason David O. Russell put that clip of the real yeah, brothers to, at the end yeah. just to go see. Yeah, I wasn't nuts. Christian <laughs> yeah. Bale didn't overdo yeah. it. I, I'm, yeah. not, I, I'm fine. In fact, he toned it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he probably did. It was, it's interesting. I, uh, I went and saw it at this uh, theater over here and, and, it's not a it's it's not a really nice theater, and so you will often get people talking while the movie you know when the movie plays, and and uh, I'm furious usually with myself for going, but uh, it's That's also the theater where I saw both times where I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and where I realized I had turned into my dad because 
the first screening there were two like 14 year old boys behind us talking and we're about a few minutes into the movie and i just i just leaned over and went hey knock it off (laughs) 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 Uh, exactly what my dad would have said but there was so when i saw the fighter there is this yeah like these 15 16 year old boys and they were talking and during the trailers and i was just like ah they're just going to Damn it, they're going to ruin this movie. And then the first scene has Christian Bale. It's that little interview segment. Uh Through the sheer force of his performance, he shut them up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, they stopped. Usually, like, an action sequence will stop people from talking because like or it'll oh, be this loud so enough awesome. that it'll yeah, drown them out yeah, exactly <laughs> well i can't hear anything so yeah. this is fine uh but just through him and just how magnetic and charismatic he is they stopped talking for the whole film right and i was like wow that's a that's a formidable performance when yeah. you shut these now, people up i tend to forget who won like within 12 hours of having watched every year does christian bale have an oscar no he d- this is his first nomination mm-hmm. really okay. yeah Jeffrey Rush does have an Oscar, but it was long enough ago that it still is a two-person race. And I'll tell you, Christian Bale, as soon as he comes on screen, you just go, wow, he doesn't look anything like Batman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And more machinist than uh, yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, too. This is an example. John Hawks uh, getting the winner's bone. This is, I think, what we were talking about earlier. Because of the 10-picture winner's bone getting that, then, then, then people started looking at this and going, oh, wow, there's a bunch of really solid performances in this movie. Like, I don't think this, I don't think John Hawks has a chance at winning just because he's up against big name people. Yeah. And, and like you said, supporting actress is more, there's more, there's more Cinderella's that come out of there. No, no dumb fucking girl, pun intended, but, um, uh, (laughs) supporting actor, they, 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 they stick with their, this is our, this is our Tom Brady winning quarterback guy. Or they right. just go they just go with those types of guys typically, I think. John John Hawks has the Michael Shannon for Revolutionary War, uh Road spot where it's a great performance. I love John Hawks just like I liked uh, great in Michael Deadwood. Shannon. Great in Deadwood, great in really everything, and he's been working enough that everyone likes him, so it's like eh, let's let's give him a nomination. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe he'll win an Oscar down the road. But right now uh let's just yeah. give him a nomination then we'll throw it to Christian Bale cuz uh he's never even been nominated before and he's a big star. Here's a theory I'm coming up with right now that could probably be debunked. <laughs> but I feel like uh over the past decade or so the sort of like uh movies of the big leagues, TV's the minor leagues thing has very much changed and the and the lines have become more blurred and I feel like John Hawks and Melissa Leo are both like TV and indie movie actors. Who and I mean, Winners One is still an indie movie, but I uh, I feel like they are people who are late in their career from in term in Hollywood terms at least because they're over thirty or whatever, uh, and are crossing thanks. over. <laughs> What's that? I said thanks. <laughs> There's still hope for you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> it was an exaggeration for effect, um, <laughs> but uh, like they're they're and yet accurate and yet deadly <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'll, just, these are well I'll be at the Ice House in Pasadena, <laughs> February 16th. <laughs> yeah, with, with Kipadada and Shecky yeah, Green. Yeah, in the Ice House Annex. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I'm in the main room. Uh, and Johnny Dark. But um, <laughs> Melissa Leo with uh, Homicide and Treme, and then John Hawks with, with uh, Deadwood and Eastbound and Down and stuff. Like, it's a respected television. These are respected television actors who are, who are crossing over. And I don't know... My my theory that could easily be debunked, I'm sure, is that maybe 10, 15 years ago, they might have been more ghettoized. No, you know, well, well, here's why. There's, there's several reasons why, uh, in my opinion, uh, is, is, you know, big studio movies 
you know, I mean, all the, the the best in the best picture category, they're not giant studio films. You know, they're, these are these are thirty, forty million dollar budget movies. Most of well, them, well, except for the one, Inception is huge, and and Toy Story three is a big temple as well. That's a that's a big one. But I mean, even you know, Social Network and and yeah. True Grit. I mean, they're not indie indie, but they're smaller. So there's there's that, and then. The hour-long drama is in its is in its golden era. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I mean, th- these are amazing things. And well, what's the show that started that? Sopranos. Yeah, the Sopranos. Sopranos started like, hey, we can make movie quality TV shows, and yeah. then it started a whole trend. Started with pay channels, mm-hmm. but then it moved to like FX and all yeah. these other AMC. Uh, AMC. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a good thing. And what Breaking they're bad. doing, what those TV shows are doing now, is they're hiring whatever Alan Ball or somebody like that, and they're saying. You, you, blank canvas, you make your move, you make it. You make your show however you want to make it. And the studios have just not let go of their big no. studio. Oh, we need big stars. and TV's no. become the creative medium yeah. as mm. opposed to film. It's kind of reversed a little bit. A friend of mine was and I were talking, he was uh, like Terrence Howard is on uh, law, one of the Law & Orders, I think Law & Order Los Angeles, and he's, he's like, man, I thought he was a bigger star than that. I was like... TV is big now. Like, yeah. espe- I mean, right. and Law and Order. Like, it's a big show that's and doing well. People are well. staying home more too. Yeah, I mean, people are going to the movies less for w- one of those reasons. You got teenagers texting and mm-hmm. talking through the whole thing, and it's getting more and more expensive. People have nicer TVs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, teenagers aren't going to the movies. Nobody's going to be there anymore. <laughs> uh, but so it, it's, and especially with people cutting back, TV is still free. Even basic cable is still pretty much affordable. But, you know, a night at the movies for two people, you're still yeah. looking at $30. Plus, if you have to get a babysitter, plus if you go out to dinner, it's a, it's an expensive evening. For a, for a married couple to, with kids to go out to the movies, it's close to $100. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> give or take, depending if you're in a smaller city, maybe it's 75 But if you're in a bigger city with, a, with an $11, $12 ticket price, mm-hmm. and everything else is more expensive in a bigger city. And also, too, like... The the big budget Hollywood old school movies this year all ate it at the box yep. office. I mean, fucking like, how do you know these movies? Yeah. I mean, Gulliver's Travels they fucking ate it, and the movies that did well, The Tourist, were oh god, <laughs> yeah. The Tourist and then fucking the, uh, ate it. That uh, Night and Day too. Night all of them. Yeah. I mean, all the old school Hollywood movies with old school Hollywood stars, no one gives a shit about anymore. The movies in Best Picture. The, Okay, yes, they ha- all have big-name actors in all these categories, but if you take something like the smaller movies like Black Swan or The Fighter or or even, you know, True Grid or whatever, it was the story that's the most compelling thing about it, and that's what these hour-long dramas on TV are doing. It's story. You watch The Shield every week because it's the best cop story out there. Same with The Wire. It's the best cop story. It's still a cop show, but the way they handle it. And... In these, in these, in these lower, well, lower budget or, or studio indies, I guess mm-hmm. you'd call them mm-hmm. mid range. Mid range, yeah. They're giving the filmmakers, like the Cohen brothers and David O. Russell and Aronofsky, they're giving these people what they should be doing, which is letting the director, it's the director's medium, do it. But then once they, the package is in place, yeah. Once the package is in <laughs> yeah, place, yeah. It's like you know all right, I mean? well, who's starring? But again, though, yeah. all those, all these, all these mid-range movies made money. Yeah, they sure they did. All made money, mm-hmm. and the 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 hundred and fifty dollar, hundred and fifty million dollar budget movie, like, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's going to make it. You know, like unless it's a superhero movie, it's not a sure thing anymore. No. Unless there's, unless there's like a huge hype machine like Inception, where everyone was just like, "What the hell is this?" Or Transformers Two. Yeah, yeah. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I didn't see that. And one. it made, you know, it still, you know, broke a hundred million pretty quickly just because. It what was, did you think of the Transformers Three Super Bowl ad? I did not see it. The trailer? Okay. I mean, I'll give him credit. The trailer looked... If I didn't well, the tra- know it was yeah, Michael Bay, I'd go, wow, this looks interesting. Yeah. yeah. But the Super Bowl one was very Michael Bay. It's not. It's yeah. different from the trailer that they, that they released earlier. So, uh, anyway. Graham, it sounds like what not you're saying bad. is that the... Uh, well, uh, <laughs> that people are, are watching a lot more television, and television is getting better, and it's almost people are now conditioned to expect more of character and story. Here's what's going on. Okay. You didn't say that at all. I don't know what he's, he's fucking It sounded about. that's uh, like that's what you were saying. <laughs> Graham, you said that you hate minorities. Is that am I do I have that correct? Um that's what I hear every time I listen yeah. to comedy <laughs> film notes. Am I way off on yeah. this? <laughs> Preferred by the clan. Yeah. Comedyfilmnerds.com. Um we get no, three Ks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it here's what's here's what's going on. And this is this is this is this is just my opinion, but I, I content is king. Mm-hmm. You got to have good content. That's what drives everything. The internet, TV, it better be interesting. That's why The Hangover did well because mm. it was a funny trailer. Bunch of no names. I mean, a bunch of no names. Zach Galifianakis was not that movie made him famous. He was not mm-hmm. famous. It was the one guy we've kind of been, the, I think that guy from the office yeah. and the then VH1 that, show or yeah, something. And then the, yeah. some good looking guy that I think I've seen in other things. That's how people went in. But the trailer was hilarious. And the opening weekend, the word of mouth because of Twitter and Facebook catapulted that it did a bet. It, it blew taking a Pelham one, two, three out of the water. It was Pelham's. Opening weekend, Hangover in its second weekend, yeah. beat it. Mm-hmm. And Pelham One Two Three was all oh, Travolta, Denzel Washington. So nobody cares. W- nobody cares. It's it's con- it's content. You know, the, content um, is either king or irrelevant. Yeah, I it's mean, really, like, it's it's, it's uh, you know, like you said, it's either, that's what people are going to see the stories. But at the same time, it's like because they're, they're just they're just not thinking for themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. It's either okay, well, here's the package, this looks good, or it's like, oh, this already has X amount of fans. Well, why don't we make it into this? Sure, sure. And I don't care what it is. But I mean, look but, at look at uh, let's go. Okay, look at The Walking Dead. Name me one star in that in that TV show. It's amazing. It's an amazing TV show. And anyone that's seen it, I like goes, certain episodes of it, but sure. some, some not so. much. It'll find its feet if they yeah, yeah. if they give it. If in every series, if you go back and watch a series early on, you go, oh, it, they hadn't found their feet yet. Yeah, yeah. And it's the comic book. It's not like the comic book was a huge hit. No. It just existed. That uh-huh. was it. I mean, it's doing. I okay. didn't know about the comic book until no. it made they made it into a TV show. Right. I mean, and and to me, like. Let's even take podcasting. There's podcasts out there where they have all this money behind it. They're in some slicked up studio, and it, it, if the if the content sucks, if the hosts suck, if they're not funny, it doesn't matter. Mark Maron is doing it in his crazy garage. He's blowing people away because he's fucking funny. All the podcasts that are successful, it's because they're they're funny professional comedians who know how to entertain people. You know what I mean? Well, like the- that's what drives it. You know what I mean? Like. It, what is it? Ace the Adam Carolla's like network? Like yes. I've read a lot about their about the film show, and of course because it's got the Adam Carolla label on it, there it will get a certain it'll get a certain number of fans, and it'll be more than any of us could ever get. But uh, I'm sorry, the two of us, you guys will get there. <laughs> but um, but the uh, 
But there, there are just – it's weird. There are just as many – not just as many, but there's way more negative comments for that. They're like, these guys don't know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, this shouldn't be a part of this network. And it's like, oh, interesting because people say the content doesn't deserve And everything is so instant now. Mm-hmm. Everything, instant feedback. Twitter, yeah. Twitter feedback, instant. And, it, so, so, and, and because everything's so instant, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you put into it, how big a stars are. If it ain't good, it ain't. People just like it's, it sucks. Yeah, and I'm gonna tweet it. Bang. No and good. here's the great thing that the um, the technology has gotten to the point where the playing field is even. For you everyone. know, you know, it used to be oh, you can only get it to something to sound good and get it to an audience if you had a big studio. Nope. Now all you need is a MacBook and a microphone, mm-hmm. and then literally, if your content is good, you know, people are going to listen to you on their earbuds at their leisure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not radio. It's not. Oh yeah, here's my pitch for a show. No, we 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 plugged a microphone into the computer, and that's how we started. Right. Okay, now we're podcasting. And and you look at you look at District Nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how great of a movie that was. That wasn't some big. I mean, what the budget on that was thirty million dollars. Thirty which about for, forty million, and and it started as a short film. Yeah, for mm-hmm. for in South Africa, mm-hmm. and for sci-fi, forty million dollars is. I mean, especially considering the effects they had in that movie. Right. Yeah. They're, it's a, they're, they are stars. And, what, Peter and, Jackson, and, they went and who are the weather. big stars in that movie? Nobody. A guy whose name I don't know. A bunch of Chateau yeah, Copley. Yeah, a bunch of guys with weird South African names. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and the his, movies, his, the his reward <laughs> for get, being in that movie, the A Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see that. One. But you know what I mean? Like, and if it's good, people will go there. They'll watch it. They'll find out about it. There's a fan page for it on Facebook. You know what I mean? Whatever it right. is, people will be down with it and start spreading the word. A friend of mine pointed out that, and that's the thing, like word of mouth with the internet is like a bigger deal than it ever used to be. And like, for example, Little Fockers did really well immediately. True Grit built and built mm-hmm. and built until finally, ultimately, True Grit has made more money than Little Fockers because Little Fockers did well for you know two weekends because it was a Christmas um, and then just dropped off. True Grit, Word of it's mouth, weird word because there's so mouth. many different jokes in the in the Little Fockers series. <laughs> every every show, it's a new one. What's their last name? It sounds like Fuckers, but it's actually Fockers. I got it. I got it three movies ago. I got it in the first trailer I saw in 2001. Stop doing this. Oh, Stop. But, but when it's printed on a poster, oh, hilarious. It's hilarious. And there's... every time they played that trailer, there was people in whatever movie theater I was in, anywhere in the country, that would laugh. Every time, you little fuckers, ah ha ha, get it? Because it, every fucking time, it's maddening. There is every a fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> See, the name was like the bad word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a Meet the Parents trilogy. We live in a world where there's a trilogy of that. The word trilogy, for some reason, I always assume like associate with like something. Like classy. You mean like Big Mama's House? Yeah, like yeah. The Big Mama's That's House a trilogy, trilogy now. Yeah. Oh, David, you've been wanting to say something for a while. I don't know what it was. Oh, okay. But I don't know that I've ever associated trilogy with class. I don't there's know a, why it sounds good. I mean, it's a franchise. There's there's four American Ninja movies. <laughs> They're all amazing. <laughs> uh, the yeah, even number and ones in the Ninja series are always better. Wait, now, uh. how are there four? American Ninja movies. There's one that even Michael Dudikoff wouldn't do. Like he <laughs> he took one off and then came back. Well, didn't Steve didn't Steve Gutenberg like duck out of the police academies afterwards? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm out, guys. Uh, this is, yeah, this yeah. is way too yeah. Over the top. At, at one point, he went. Look, I was in Boys from Brazil. 
<laughs> I don't have to do these anymore. I really, I'm done. Just throw it to Winslow. He'll okay. he'll lead the charge on this <laughs> yeah, one. Well, if you're gonna uh, let me get on a on a soapbox here, All right, let's okay. Do it. Uh, let's oh boy. take a detour over to visual effects. Let okay. Me, let me. Uh, what a weirdo. <laughs> let me rant for a second. Okay. Here we go. Who is the better guitarist? A guy like Eric Clapton, who's a better technical guitarist, or a guy like John Spencer, who does really fascinating and I don't know like, where you're going with this, but I'm already bored. And <laughs> he does fascinating and like you know, visceral and moving things with the guitar, but maybe isn't as technically proficient. I feel well, like you're leaning towards Clapton. Who's who's no, who's who's in the who's the second guy? John Spencer John Spencer Blues Explosion. <laughs> Who's he with? John Spencer Blues Explosion. Oh, sure. Not the guy who played <laughs> Leo McGarry on the West Wing. Uh, different, oh, John, John, oh, yeah. different John Spencer. What well, the guy was the alcoholic. That was yeah. the right-hand man of the president. I Good love guitarist. when blues <laughs> yes. explodes. It's okay. Just... What I'm saying is that the, the analogy it's a highly volatile thing. Is that you know what I mean? Scott Pilgrim versus the world may not have had the most fascinating-looking or difficult special effects, but the use of visual effects in that movie, I feel, is more creative and more integral to the movie and deserves some recognition. At least more than Iron Man 2. Yeah. Or, or Hereafter. Yeah, or Hereafter. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, obviously... It's a weird category this year. It's it really is. Category. It's like, you just look at, uh, you know, a lot of these movies and you go, what? I don't know. Like Harry, Harry Potter. But I mean, all those effects for Harry Potter and the Deathly House were already in the computer. Yeah. It was already, <laughs> right. you know, people, you know, Death Eaters and, and all the, um, the Dementors, they're already there. Yeah. They just, you know cut and paste onto yeah. the screen there's nothing you the know animated, innovative uh, about it the animated three hallows story was pretty awesome but aside from that yeah yeah but, but that isn't really a visual effect because it's not integrated with the live that's action. true yeah. really i mean broad. inception this... was uh I, I thought was amazing as far as visual effects goes because the world was created and then the visual effects actually mm-hmm. built on that world and you actually felt like a world was created inside the computer and this is this is also when you look at visual effects um, you know, as as crappy as Avatar was, that world was created inside the yes, computer that visually. Was amazing so, visual effects so you know, you can you can give this to a uh, a mediocre movie just from the effects. But if you are looking at this category, these effects weren't that good. <laughs> you know, in these <laughs> yeah. movies, then that's what that what counts. I mean, that's Alice why in I Wonderland, would Scott, really. I would put Scott Pilgrim on this list for sure. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Inception, yes, the visual effects were good, but to me, the stuff that sticks out was actually done in camera with like a spinning set. You know, that's. There was a time when visual effects meant that as well. Like Jurassic Park, it was the computer mixed with the practical and the way that those were seamless that se- okay. people said, that's the visual effects. And I agree. That's how. That's the barometer that it should be. This just dawned on me, and I, I hate to jump to do crossover shows, but um, or in our episode today that we did with Jimmy Pardo, we were talking about should there be a comedy category or not. And he said, what comedies were being there? And I blanked for a second. And you bring it up. Scott Pilgrim versus the world was an excellent comedy. Yeah. It was hilarious and inventive and, there you go. and amazing. And that should that and I, you know, that's the kind of comedies that if they ever come up with a comedy category, mm-hmm. that's what should be in there is Scott Pilgrim, not Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. Not there's no. anything wrong with the Hot Tub Time Machine. It's fine. It's, it's got it. You know, it's 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 Porky's or whatever. It's uh, that's I fine. thought it was better than that. Yeah, it's better than Porky's, but yeah. you know what I mean? It's in that sort of just Broad comedy Broad, range, yeah, which mm-hmm. is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm Where not. Nobody my... learns any lessons. In <laughs> fact, actually, are only confirmed yeah. in their horrible flaws. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's stuff like I mean, if you look at like the sort of 
outside of the mainstream film critics, a lot of top ten lists have uh, Four Lions on it. And Four Lions is nowhere on here mm-hmm. because that's the kind of comedy that – I don't know if you guys know about Four Lions. I don't know sure, Four Lions. Yeah, but the, in fact, our one of our writers, Dave Anthony, loved it. It's supposed and, to be great. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. But It's I was a surprised. comedy about – Terrorist. A, a terrorist yeah. cell in, in London. And hmm. uh, it was one of those things where <laughs> Dave Anthony even put it in the review. There's no way this is going to get released in this country. But it actually did find a small release Well, in this thanks country. to Tim League and the guys from Alamo Drafthouse in Austin. They started, you know, Alamo Drafthouse, I don't know if you know. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. of course. They started this year a distribution wing, and their first movie they they picked up and distributed was, was Four Lions. Awesome. So good for them. I wanted to go back to uh, visual effects because I feel like visual effects, it's very similar to like the editing category where it's, it's very seldom about how good it is or how good the effects are. It's instead of, I think I said this last year, instead of best, they should just call it most because that's usually the case. <laughs> whatever has the most visual effects, it doesn't matter how they do it, whatever has the most editing or the most cuts, oh, that's you right. will there, get a there nomination. Was, there wasn't a Transformers movie last year. That's right. right. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I feel like makeup gets the same thing. Like oh, It's going to go to something that has the most outlandish I makeup. I will say this, if we're going to jump over to makeup. Okay. I just saw Barney's version and it honestly should get the award as, as far as I'm concerned because, okay, the Wolfman is, is Rick Baker. Okay. Yes, he usually wins because yeah. he does amazing things. Uh-huh. Here, here's why Barney's version is amazing. Because Paul Giamatti jumps through like three different decades. And in every decade, it it's, looks plausible. It, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. they did really subtle things in aging people. They didn't do big crazy dye jobs and wigs and prosthetics. But real subtle stuff. And I because I knew it was nominated, I, was, I saw it right before I came over here. I was paying strictly close attention to it and i was like this isn't this isn't noticeable it's but they really each and because he jumps back and forth you know they they jump back and forth so you'd be like oh wow he's he's remembering that today and today he looks a lot older because he's in his 60s and i i I thought they did an excellent job i think that fact what you just said it's not noticeable that's what's going to keep it from right uh, exactly but it it, 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 yeah exactly it does what you're talking about the visual effects it's just the most so whoever Mm -hmm. has the most crazy prosthetics and their faces it looks like a giraffe or a wolf baby or whatever (laughs) like subtlety is because i do like i do like someone puts a wolf baby in a movie they deserve to win give them give them the the best screenplay um <laughs> but the uh, Wolf Baby. <laughs> yeah. I see that movie. Um, I totally see but that like, movie. Uh, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a romantic comedy where she yeah. falls in love with a wolf man. Yeah. They have Played a baby. By Gerard Butler, of course. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But the uh, but I, I like Rick Baker. He does good work. But at the same time, it's just he also he's the guy they call in to do, to just do layers upon layers upon layers. It's like when he won for The Grinch, he does great work. But like Shadow the Vampire, which was in, in, even though they are making Willem Dafoe look like Nosferatu, you know Count Orlock, mm-hmm. even though which is not very subtle, they make it look like a vampire that could conceivably exist in our world, and it's actually kind of subtle for what it is. Right. But subtlety never, never wins no. in any of in almost any of these categories. Which is same kind thing of with costumes. I mean, costumes is the same thing. Big yeah. crazy gowns and well, whack. You, how are you gonna have a subtle costume? Yeah. It's just it, it, there's just no way to do it. The poofier, the better the <laughs> chance of the award. But I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're just picking... In the, it's got to look like Sergeant Pepper's when they hard clip. But, like, yeah, like, for example... Are they on tour? Like, True <laughs> like true Grit had great costumes, but they're not flashy costumes, so good for it for being nominated, but, but it's even, not going to win. Even still, I mean, think about something like um, 
the social network, which is about a very specific time and place. Yeah, yeah. You know, a very specific type of person is in Harvard in 2003 or 2004 or whatever. That's that's a look you have to mm-hmm. you have to get right, and that, but that's the kind of thing that's never going to be. Nice. I think it's costume design, the Tempest is going to win. Um. I didn't see it. No, I, th- I, think it I, I think it, it goes could. King's speech. I think nope. Engl- this is where English period piece will trump them. In no, terms of the I think the Tempest because it's a Shakespeare reenactment essentially, but with like lavish stage type costumes. Uh, yeah, it could go. Yeah, I think it could would, go either way because the big swell of support for King's speech could wind up in other categories as well, and this could be one of them. But yeah, Tempest, it could just be one of those things like it has the most. Crazy costume design. Sure everything does. does with the I think uh, 127 Hours is going to win on the right-in vote. Did you see, <laughs> did you see those beige shorts? <laughs> I did. They were terrifying. I've never seen a bike outfit like that. It was amazing. <laughs> took me to another place, Utah. <laughs> uh, was there any other uh, categories that somebody specifically wanted to uh, to discuss? Does original song mean anything? Any, did oh, it good ever? God. Good I, God. I mean, like... The reason I don't watch the Grammys, you know what I mean? Like, I would like this category better if they didn't sing them all through the Academy oh, Awards. God. Except last year when I wanted them to. I wanted to hear the song from uh, freaking the one that won from uh, Crazy Heart. I wanted to see that sure, one. That was the one you want to hear. Exactly. didn't do it. So does this mean we got to watch uh, What's Her Name sing the country song strong? Uh, oh, I bet. Not. I bet so. God, I, that's, I would that's, be surprised. That's Gwyn- I didn't see the movie. That's Gwyneth Paltrow's song yeah. or is that Leighton Meester's song? I bet they'll have her sing it either yeah. way. Um, the but, I mean, remember a few years ago, like, I mean, we talked about, uh, at the beginning of the show, like, adding the 10 nominees, you know, this is stuff to get ratings. Like, Eminem or the 3-6 Mafia winning Oscars, that's good for ratings. Why not nominate someone who's actually... Excited to win. Or, yeah, yeah or just someone who's at the on the... And is going to put on a hell of a live show. Yeah, yeah Perform exactly. a pretty yeah. sweet piece. And in the middle of this award ceremony, you're going to go, oh, nice. I, rem- I remember... I uh, mean, it's, it, that when they did It's Hard Out There for a Pimp, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a thousand people in that band. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember they did the song from Triplets of Belleville? And almost because they knew it wasn't going to win, the production of it was so awesome. It was huge, yeah. And then they did, that was the same year that they did the song from A Mighty Wind, where it, and it was Eugene Levy and Catherine right, O'Hara. Right. And then, of course, they gave it to the song that Annie Lennox did for Lord of the Rings. Which was actually a good song. It's a good song, but it's just, I don't know. I think it got swept up in just Lord giving everything Rings. to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Graham, we've, we've heard, <laughs> we've heard your, your take on it. Yeah. Here's, here's the category I would like to, to talk okay. about, is, is documentary feature. Okay. I was going to actually ask you about documentary um, feature. I, I will say this. I've seen three of the five ones. I've seen Exit Through the Gift Shop. Very good documentary. Hilarious. Yeah. And and really, like, it's great. It kind of makes fun of people in Hollywood and L.A. It's pretty near my top movie of the year. It's not... Toy Story 3 is still my favorite movie of 2010, but it's Exit Through the Gift Shop is It's a solid, very solid close. movie. Yeah. Inside Job... See it, and the next time you think you're aligned with a political party, realize that you're not. You're just uh, there's no there's the Wall Street party. Um, so watch that, and then uh, my opinion of the best documentary to come out about the war in Afghanistan thus far is Restrepo. I was specifically going to ask you about that movie because I only recently it only finally came out on DVD a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. so I finally got a chance streaming to watch though, it. Right, it's Netflix. streaming on yeah, Netflix. Yes, okay. That's how I watched it. It's um, for those of you who don't know much about it, it, it they basically these two filmmakers, one of them who wrote The Perfect Storm right, or something right. like that, embedded with, um, uh, I think of a second battalion, but in this fire base in the Kendanal Valley in Afghanistan, 
there was a there was a bigger outpost in the in the base the basin of the valley, and they were just coming under fire because they were in a in a bad position. So they needed to get it to a higher position. So they go up and form this little outpost that only 20 guys can stay at. Mm-hmm. And they're in a firefight every day. Yeah, it says that right at the beginning. They take fire at least once a day. Every, every day. fucking oh, day. My. And these are in bed, and, and they just show you um, so many of the documentaries that have come out about Iraq now, and what, Afghanistan. Now, what were they building? It was like something they were building. The something. base. They were literally yeah, digging yeah. out a base and putting sandbags and these things called HESCOs, which are these big wire bins that you fill with mm-hmm. dirt, and they basically can sustain rounds and fire. and Gunfire. Yeah. They can block it. Yeah, but it's most, not even a base they're building. They're building an outpost. Like you said, it only it's holds— It's literally an outpost for yeah. 20 guys in the side of a fucking mountain. Oh I mean, it's God. like it's—I've been to some small bases in Afghanistan— I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this was unbelievable. And the uh, the uh, I want to say that the captain talks about there have been times they have to put down their shovels because they're building the base and pick up their rifles, yeah. engage in a firefight, and then go back to digging. I mean, the, the filmmakers, these just guys on cameras, and the thing that I liked about it is they just said, this is what these guys went through. They didn't come in with an agenda mm-hmm. against the war, pro-war, whatever. They just said, this is what these guys went through. And... and there is nothing more gripping or real that I personally have seen uh, to come out of there than this movie. And if you want to understand what it's like to be in combat in Afghanistan, watch Restrepo. And emotionally, it is unbelievable. I mean, it sounds like, and I, I've not seen the movie yet, unfortunately, but uh, it sounds like anything to deal with the war or whatever it's like the hurt locker where it's like this is the best thing because it just they just show it how it is instead of the filmmaker trying to inject something mm-hmm. and just like just just show it and people will form their own conclusions everyone's already got their opinion about yeah, whether yeah. they're for yeah. or against the war so yeah. just show it just and and but what people don't have is is correct information mm. i'm here to tell you that no. <laughs> they do not um they have opinions, but they really don't know what they're talking about. Be they liberal or conservative, they really don't know what they're talking about. And this movie shows you whatever. I mean, you're going to, again, just put the politics aside and just watch what these guys go through. It's unbelievable, in, in, man. In a year when we've had things like I'm Still Here, even if it was with the gift shop or Catfish, people are saying, like, is it real? Is it not? Are they fucking with us? Like, Restrepo is really just... It's as close to like the. This is real. This, yeah, there's the there's, there's like nothing more real than this. It's there's, this is exactly very, what a good documentary should do. I mean, I, I think documentary should be informative, like Inside Job. Does obviously it's laden with all this great research. There's all these statistics in there, and that's 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 a fine type of documentary. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. But just putting cameras in a situation that no, most of us have no idea what it is. And just letting it roll. Well, the filmmakers broke down a little bit too. I mean, they were, How could they were they pretty. Not? Yeah, they were freaked out. <laughs> they were yeah. taking fucking fire, man. I've yeah. been over there for two weeks and kind of took some fire, and it flipped me the fuck out. They were over there for fifteen months, man. Next time anyone like uh, applauds an actress for being brave for gaining weight for a role, oh, I want to show the footage of the guy the hanging out the side of like the gun turret while it's firing, and people are firing Dude, oh there's, back God. at there's him. There's dirt. Popping up in front of the lens from yeah. incoming rounds. Yeah, yeah, they're not squibs. And guys die. There's there, there's guys that yeah. die in the middle of it. The and opening. This is an. Let me see what happens in the the first minute and a half of the movie. The camera is in the Humvee. 
They're they're driving. All of a sudden, there's an explosion sound, and the front of the, the windshield is covered with dirt, and the Humvee is at a 45-degree angle, and people are piling out. and They hit an IED. Yeah, yeah. And and firing at whatever is whoever is ambushing them. So brave for learning <laughs> yeah. how to sing. <laughs> and that She's happens so ninety seconds into Restrepo. It's yeah. It's fucking fascinating. It's be- it's the best. I was gonna say it's the best since Gunner Palace, but it's better than Gunner Palace. Gunner Palace. I loved Gunner Palace. Perfectly. I, I per- thought personally. it was good, and I and and again, it's these soldiers in Gunner Palace had cameras. And they're in Saddam's palace, and they took it over. I've been in a bunch of palaces in Iraq, so it's an amazing just, wow, this is a part of history. I was expecting – Restrepo was what I thought Gunner Palace was going to be. Like, really right. put me in it. I left Gunner Palace going, that was informative. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like – but I was like, I've seen more than what they showed me in Gunner Palace, me personally. It's a – Okay, that's not a fair assessment. Because but I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of like uh, humanizing, for better or worse, the soldiers. Sure. I think Gunner Palace yes. did a good job of that. Gunner Palace did an excellent job of that. They, they're jumping in a swimming pool. They're taking, and that's that's. Hey, man, uh-huh. that's that was good. It's just Restrepo at a forward base like that that comes under fire. Those guys have absolutely nothing, and they resent the bigger bases that have timing and. Hot meals and yeah. internet and I mean these mm-hmm. like it's it's I cannot say enough about Restrepo. I, I cannot it, mm. it, it it I hope it wins. I hope it wins because it's you know the in go just watch the trailer on YouTube. It's on my Facebook page. Mm. I put the trailer on my Facebook page because it's just this one guy like I've taken all these different kinds of sleeping pills and I can't fall asleep because I can't I can't uh, get these memories out of my head. Oh jeez. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm reluctant to bring this up because we've been going for a while, and it also it is inherently political, what I'm about to say. Um, a notable omission from Best Documentary is Waiting for Superman, which a lot of people thought was going to be nominated. And it was kind of the front runner before, it was nomina- before the nominations came out, and it's not going to win now because it wasn't nominated. But um, it was by the same guy that made... Uh, an Inconvenient Truth, yes. which, of course, I mean, there was no question that that was going to win that year. Um, and there, some people have put out the idea, and for those that don't know, Waiting for Superman is a documentary about the broken public education system. Great right. film. And it was playing on the plane to Kuwait when I just went to Iraq. Yeah, it is. It's a oh great my. movie, and it's it's gut-wrenching, and, you know, gut-wrenching. it really, it, it just shows, oh my God, we're one of the richest nations in the world, and we can't fix this. And from what I hear, because I've not seen it, like, uh, okay, I, I was talking with a friend of the show, Greg Helvey, who is, I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of a sort of an activist filmmaker with his film Kavi. And an Oscar nominee. And an Oscar nominee in, uh, uh, in and of himself uh, for live action short. But he... Uh, he has his own Oscar, uh, Oscar nomination of his own. Indeed. <laughs> to go back to my... But, uh, man, All I right. wish we could have gone out on turn, that. Thanks, David. Turn the grammar knob. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the... Uh, and he he saw the film. I'm like, now what? Now how is that? Uh, how is that film? How does it come down politically? I said, I've I've heard it kind of both ways. He's like, oh no, it calls liberals to task. He's like, oh, and, and I, he's like, he's like, man, teachers and unions do not look good in that movie. No, it, it, no, but I, I I disagree with that. I okay. think what I think that documentary points out all of the flaws in the system. Right. And the teachers union is a part of that, but there's tons of other problems for oh, lack I have no of doubt. funding and. 
you know, lack of security and just, I mean, the, you know, if you have a broken school district, it doesn't matter that the teacher can't get fired or not. Right. You know, that you still have a, a shitty school. So is, is one of the problems teachers unions with tenure? Sure. But there's a ton of different problems. So I think, I don't think it, the reason why you're hearing that it's coming down against liberals or conservatives, because it, it straddles the middle. It really yeah, yeah. is. It, it's you know, it shows problems from both angles, and and also from that filmmaker, people probably expected it to come down more in line with the, kind of the liberal thing mm-hmm. of and uh, it's, for global warming. Sure, and yeah. that, that's a problem, really. I mean, people need to open up their brains a little bit more. Yeah, on a documentary's both sides. a documentary. You know, watch it for what it is and what it's trying to tell you, without your big political slant in the back of your head constantly. Yeah, because it's not, it's not the mainstream media. Mainstream media has a slant one way or the other, mm-hmm. and a lot of good documentaries don't. And you, it's it's pretty obvious when they do. It's like Fahrenheit nine eleven is very obvious what it's where it's. You know, from. when you watch a Michael Moore movie, which side is going to come down on? I mean, he shows you, he gives you the fact, and then he gives you your opinion. He intertwines the two. But generally, you could figure out, okay, well, he's just being Michael Moore, and yeah. okay, here's the statistic. He comes down on the side of Michael Moore, usually, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had heard that the reason that it was not nominated was because people didn't necessarily like the the what it came down on, like that it came down against kind of this... Among other things, kind of the the sacred cow of of teachers unions. Well, you know, um, I, that may but that's be just true, one theory. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that isn't true because that means that any documentary is suspect for that. Yeah. Is, uh, is vulnerable to that. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at this this list, and yeah, I think Waiting for Superman should be on there. But ultimately, you know, I, like Grant, I haven't seen all five, so I don't, I can't really. I know that Gasland, uh, I have not seen it, but I know it's about uh, the natural gas polluting water or something like that, right? Which I'm I'm sure is informative and compelling. Um, I I think, I think Waiting for Superman should have been on there. Um, I was kind of bummed that uh, the Joan Rivers documentary didn't even make the short list. I I love, you know, why comedy? I you guess know, so. comedy. It's you know, it's a bio and a comedian, and it was a great documentary. But ultimately, it was like, well, no, you know, not. Also, maybe they just kind of thought like, we already have one documentary about entertainment and about art already in Exit Through the Gift mm-hmm. Shop. We'll only make room for one. Everything else needs to be more hard hitting than this. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it might be that I'm, I'm kind of yeah, cynical. I mean, I, about I, I it. will maybe. say this too. I mean, the documentary category. Uh, this is where I give the the Academy credit. They 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 drop the ball in certain areas, but the documentary category, the best thing that it does is bring these movies because most do- documentaries don't get w- wide releases. Yeah, people need to find them through Netflix or DVD. Yeah, really. and they need to know what they are until the Academy. Gives them a nomination and everyone goes, well, shit, I'm gonna, I want to find out what this is about. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I found uh, Born in the Brothels. I knew nothing of that movie until yeah. it got nominated. And when it won, I was like, oh, my God. And that's an amazing documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where the Academy, you got to give them the credit. And this is a place where there's only five. There's only yeah. five slots. Right. You so don't have the ten. If you had ten, you'd probably put Joan Rivers in there and you'd put. Well, Wade more documentaries are getting made than ever before. It used to be five was plenty. Yeah. yeah, and I think because because the mainstream media is so bad that that people are just like I really want to know. I don't know. You mean corporate media? Yeah, the corporate media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you guys well, sound like uh, Bill Hicks right now. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, I have... another great documentary. Uh, oh, oh, uh, that's American? right. Yes, American, yep, yep. great documentary. Um, all right, one more question. 
if the sound mixing in Unstoppable had been as great as the sound editing obviously was, would it have gotten more nominations overall? <laughs> Graham and Chris, where what, an, people what an excellent question. How where long have you been sitting on that? Since I got bored with the waiting, waiting for Superman discussion. <laughs> um, um, you know, somebody hates for, education. For the right. re- for the record, we haven't even we haven't talked about director or picture. We could at least throw out predictions there. Oh, if um, you like. Okay, <laughs> I predict that uh, Winter's uh, Bone is going to win Best Picture. <laughs> I think direct director the is going to be. <laughs> director is going to be um, uh, Fincher. I think so too. Network. Yeah, it's going to be Fincher. No, um, Best Picture, I think, is going to be Social Network too. I think it's going to be. I think. Fincher is going to win director, and I think King's Speech will actually win picture because there's been such a surge yeah, it's, in the it's, various guilds. Just a few weeks ago, it seemed like Social Network was the front runner. Yeah. And there's been, I don't yeah. think so. I think Social Network's going to pull it off for Best Picture because if we were in England, uh-huh. I think Best Picture would go to King's Speech. But I think since we're in America, and uh, <laughs> uh, I think Social Network is such an American story. It's like very culturally ingrained where it's like... Here's, you know, kind of the soul of America, the best and worst. It's, you know, brilliant geniuses and uh, unheard of wealth and tooliness. Yeah. It's, it's all kind and of together. ridiculous. So I really think that uh, Social Network's going to pull off Best Picture. No, you know, um, it could be an upset. Best Picture for uh, Social Network and then maybe like, uh, um, you know, for directing, maybe The Fighter or Black Swan, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No. We didn't, um, we haven't had you guys on for uh, for a year, so how did... Did you guys like Inception? We came down in the middle of it. Yeah, we actually yeah. agreed Amidships. on it where it was the kind of movie where I actually appreciated it more than I enjoyed it. Like, it was like, I, I, I treat it like I was saying this on the R podcast today. It's like, I, I feel like it was like ER. It was one of those <laughs> rare moments where, oh, this is very well made, very well crafted. This is something good. It's just not for me. <laughs> so I just didn't enjoy it, but I did appreciate it. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't like. Bogged down in its own mythology. It didn't blow mm. me away the way it did a lot. Of, a lot of people were just like, Inception was so amazing. I'm Especially glad- in this sort of internet film geek yeah, community. they go nuts. And, like, when I said I wasn't that a big fan, I mean, like, I've gotten, like, even, even like, I, I was saying this today on our, on our show, I, I, like, I put on Facebook, hey, I'm going to do my six USO tour in Iraq and got all these grand, that's awesome, congrats. And the last one was like, hey, it's so cool you do that. By the way, you were wrong about Inception. <laughs> like, so, so I get that it, it resonated. I'm, I'm happy that it was made. I'm happy that it was an original script. It wasn't based on, you know, a pre-existing right. whatever. I love Christopher Nolan. I, I'm down with whatever he makes. Um, I just, for me, like all of, I watched the trailer and I went, I don't want to spoil alert for people. I was just like, oh, it's gonna. He's gonna be in the like. It's it's. <laughs> and then he woke up. Like I just, I just was like, I saw that coming, and I was like, God, I hope that's not what happens. And then that happened. And I was like, Bleh. and 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 the effects were cool, but there were no new ones outside of the trailer. And I know mm. I'm judging a movie based on the trailer, but I was. All of the th- all of the cool effects. But to clarify, you did see the movie. I did see the movie <laughs> on all the cool effects. You know, the city folding. I was like, okay, I saw that in a trailer. Where's the thing that wasn't and in the trailer? And a sprint commercial. And a sprint commercial, exactly. Like <laughs> those sprint commercials where this is everything. <laughs> so that was seen that one. <laughs> so that was the thing where, I, and they just they set up realities and then abandon them. You know, oh, like, yeah, that's what drove me crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, well there's a- three levels. And like, okay, oh, no, there's four oh, levels. No, there's four. And then and it, wait, no, that, now there's five. There's the secret level. You found the Easter egg level. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> So that was the. I yeah, mean, I'm on the record in this podcast saying one star. I hated it, but yeah. I just wanted to see if you I guys were among it. the 
internet film community who thinks that Chris Nolan was was robbed of a directing nomination. I actually would nominate it for director over screenplay. Like th- that script is it nominated was, for screenplay. It is. Yeah. Like I think it's going to win too. That is. It's not a good screenplay. It's like. No, I disagree. I thought it was. Uh, it, it was. It was the kind of screenplay that was very. Um, complicated and very ambitious like i said i didn't really resonate with it but i did appreciate it it was it, it was it was definitely um ambitious and creative i think it was a good concept and the story is good but like i mean even my wife like who doesn't usually think in these terms when it comes to movies even she said like Ugh, i wish it wouldn't stop all the time to explain what's going yeah. on well, just you let had it to. i mean yeah. it was that kind of thing it was that kind of movie where oh my god and that was the problem. You get bogged down in the mythology and exposition. And I'm yeah, saying that's what not. makes it not an Oscar-worthy screenplay. Yeah. No. All I that would. having to talk about, having to explain everything that's going on. I would concur. And I think it's, I think it's notable that he was the only one, like, it, I think in almost all of his other films, it's him and someone else. This one, written and directed by him. And I feel like, uh, another writer probably would have helped, actually, yeah. to probably kind of dilute some of brother. the... Yeah. But, uh, okay, so, all right. Well, we've been going for a while, so let's... Uh, I'm going to mention this continued nominating Mike Lee for... Your guests are getting tired. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is our second <laughs> podcast yeah. of the day. But nominating Mike Lee for original screenplay, like, do we know... People know how he works. He doesn't really write a screenplay. He No, he imp- does a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but he gets nominated every time he has a movie. But it's he never because, wins. Yeah, it's because they're like, they're like, well, we don't want to give him any of this other stuff because nobody's seen his movie. <laughs> uh, just throw him this. Like, right. screenplay is always the bone that they throw something that they appreciate, but not that much. Okay. Well, and on that note, by all means, note, let's stop. <laughs> thanks all, for listening. Ashore, all ashore, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on, um, Graham and Chris. Where can people find you on the internet? The well, usual places, comedyfilmnerds.com. And, uh, you know, one thing about our site is, like we were saying before, is there's different content on the site and on the podcast, and we have a fully functioning store. Buy a chill pack invented by Dean Hagelin. Mm-hmm. It will uh, cool down your laptop. Many of your favorite uh, comedian CDs, Jackie Cation, Doug Benson, yep. Matt Weinhold, all, all their stuff is available on the site. Oh, Henry Phillips' new movie, uh, Punching the Clown, which is a great insight in what being a road comic is. Independent film, they made it for $150,000. Autographed hmm. copies are available on the site. It's our, the first feature film we're carrying. Yeah, it's awesome. great. We're really nice. excited about it. And Graham, you awesome. also have a CD... Called the Comedian's yep. Got a Boo Boo. He's got a Boo Boo is available. Um, Which I listened. I, I, I was just listening to again the other day while driving around, and I think for like the next day and a half, I kept saying, "Let's do it," because <laughs> <laughs> I think you say it about twenty-seven times yeah, in that first track. Let's do it. That's how I. That's how I, That's my segue line. Let's do it. Boom. Clock it in or whatever. People just like, what is that? Lock it mean? down. Lock and, it down. Um, Let's do it. And Chris, your book is still available? yes. The book is available called Pacify Me, a handbook for the freaked out new dad. That uh, tells what it's really like to have a child and what guys are really thinking. And uh, it's a good gift for uh, a guy that's kind of freaked out about being a dad. Talks him off the ledge in a funny way. (laughs) Uh, And we have personalized signed copies. You buy it on Comedy Film Nerds, I'll actually make it out to you or whoever you want to buy it for. And we'll send it out. And um, my feature-length documentary, Afghanistan, about the first time I went and performed in Afghanistan, is going to be available as a free download in the next... Probably by the end of February. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, which is a free download. Nice. I'm just giving it up. Awesome. Check it out. Enjoy it. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. You can find us, of course, at BattleshipRetention.com. You can email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. I'm on Twitter at The Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the Twitter for his other podcast, More Than One Lesson. And my other podcast is called Previously On. Uh, check out the brand new website. It's great. And there's uh, you, you can still donate on it. That's what's great about it. Uh, up, at the t- up at the top right. There's We're going to the, be uh, doing a donation drive soon. So let's just let's save the donation talk until people actually get something out of it. I'm just saying, if you want to slip as a fin between now and the time we get the those, yeah, uh, old Finsky doesn't hurt. Huh? Yeah, wet the beak, grease the wheels. You know what I mean? Come on, come on, listeners, free content. Don't be assholes. Pony up. It's a good. It's a good rule. Yeah, don't it's be assholes. Don't be assholes. Yeah, yeah. Don't be assholes with money in your wallet. Yeah, dicks. <laughs> want to be less of an asshole? Open the wallet. Yeah. How's that sound, bitch? <laughs> Let's do it. all right uh thanks everybody for listening thanks for being here guys thank you our pleasure man the lifeboats (laughs) wait are we are we sinking now (laughs) oh man all right well uh thanks for listening we'll get you next time maybe bye bye all hands on deck (laughs) 